on this week's Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if Season 2 of Doom Patrol lives up to the first, who will take home the shushy for funniest character, and if Tiny JSA's first mission is a success. All of that and more on the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode, and I am joined, as always, by my good friends. I had to bring some friends along because I can't do this alone. Here with me, as always, is Ryan. I kind of do want to watch that, though. Like, you don't think you could do this alone? Yeah. Just be like, Cassie. What did you think about Doom Patrol? Well, Cassie, thank you for asking me. I loved it or hated it. I do like the take on it that I would re- keep referring to myself and like asking myself instead of just having like an ongoing train of thought. I do like it still being interview style and me straight up asking myself. So I, I think I might try that. I don't think I'll, Ca- I'll, I'll do it podcast form. I don't want to be video. I don't want you to watch it, but I'll let you listen to it for sure. I'll try it. Ca- Cassie, were you, were you the kind of kid who had... Uh, tea parties and then would like be the voices of all four people at the tea party because that's like that's how we learned a podcast right is just have like yeah. a teddy bear and probably your dad who was drunk and passed out and not talking and then like a teacup who was also alive and saying things that a teacup would say mm-hmm. and then you just have a tea does, party yeah does the teacup also have tea in it or does it have a smaller teacup is Bat Mike here? Bat Mike, we got Bat Mike on. You guys, I was gonna hide this, but we have I have a new friend, Bat Mike is on. Welcome for the first time on the show, Bat Mike. Thank you. I'm I'm nervous. It's so crazy to show up for the interview and yes. then start your job that same day. Yeah, immediately right I feel to it. Underdressed. Well, is- it's okay. We'll give you time to change later on because we have some big stuff coming up and I do want you to change for that. But for this moment, like loving this vibe you're bringing. everything you are right here, loving it. And by change, she means like change to a smart person who knows how to talk about TV and knows how to, okay. how to banter with friends. I know how to do all of that. I know how to do everything. I'm goddamn Bat Mike. Is Bat Mike more annoying than Bat Mike? They can't. They can't both be here. Oh no! No! Fucking no. shit! We did not let. We did not let that one in the studio. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I can't. That guy sucks. Yeah, that guy was terrible. Thank you for getting rid of him, Batman. Cassie, I hate to do a plug too early, but uh, that person on a natural 20s who like counts the points, what's Mm. his or her name? The point scribe. The point scribe. Should we hook it and bat my up? Would that be the most annoying relationship of all time? 100%. And it might be the end of all mankind. So like maybe let's try it. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, Ryan, I do want to address, I feel like you have some like some animosity to like bat mike here are you just sad that regular mike's gone or why are you why are you kind of hating on bat mike no yeah i mean besides the voice being very annoying i uh, i hate that my good friend mike left and now only bat mike is here and mike <laughs> is gone and that uh, why did one have to leave and now the other one's here and i i've never seen them in the same room oh that's you care a lot about your friend that that's cute. I get it. I have a lot of. I say I work alone, but I have a big friends and family thing that I work with. So I would understand if one Robin was gone, replaced by a new Robin. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to be your Robin. I would like to be the Bat Ryan to your Bat Mike. So you're my Robin named Bat Mike. Can we do that? No, that's absurd. <laughs> that's absurd. <laughs> that's absurd. You're being, you're being absurd right now. Uh, well, I'm just going to make you more comfortable. Okay, also, you guys, uh, just don't tell them I'm going to take my cowl off and then. <clears throat> oh my God, we're first time going to see this. So this is what, this is what you want. You want the guy to sound like this. I can do an impression of him. I took my mask off, and I'll just do an impression of the old guy. Wow. Bat Mike. When you take off your cowl, you can just do a perfect impression of this other guy, Mike. Yeah. How? Oh, it's Mike. Am I saying that right? That's how you said his name. Yeah, Mike. He sounds like a real dweeb. It's a half of your name. It's like you know, if you just take out Bat from it. Yeah, Bat Mike. Yeah. So, Cassie, I don't know if you want to help him out, but let's like sort of train him in how to be Mike. Like the first thing I would say is always talk about your dandelion garden. He's yeah. he's super into that. <laughs> and all of his weird hobbies that he has, like just at any chance, it doesn't need to make sense to bring that in any way you can. Just bring in a weird hobby you have. 
What 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 kind of uh He he heard that uh that Cassie and I are super into salmon ladders, so he mm-hmm. will uh every time he has to climb from the first story to the second, he will just step on salmon, like the dead fish, in order to get there, which is weird. That's a weird thing. Okay. It's weird. This guy it, sounds pretty funny. It smells so bad. Oh no. So he like nailed a bunch of salmon into a ladder shape? Yeah. That yeah. I, I don't think that's gonna be structurally sound. Yeah, he's he's a real sick. He's gonna fuck. hurt himself. I'm not so worried about that. That's worrisome. (laughs) A little bit. But you guys, speaking of some other worrisome things, we, for the main event, we watched Doom Patrol, and boy, was it a journey. So that is what we're going to be talking about coming up in the main event. But before that, a quick stop at the bullpen. Welcome, everyone, to the bullpen. And we have gotten all dressed up. Thank you all for dressing up, and welcome to your and getting into your tuxes because we are deep in award season. We are still giving away shushies here. And Ryan, this week, what awards do we have to give away? Now, Cassie, before we get to that, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I am rocking for the first time in my life a bolo tie. And you know what? Do you guys think that anybody can pull these off? Or yeah, nobody. Definitely <laughs> not everybody can. But it's, and I'm not sure if like you are pulling it off, but um, some people can for sure. I think uh, there's a specific kind of facial hair that lends itself to it, and you're you're getting there. Okay, my facial hair, just because people can't see me, but my can is that uh, I took a razor to every other inch of my face, and mm-hmm. so it's just like a lot of lines, right? Yeah, you're definitely you look like uh, a hell's angel trying to look good for his mother's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it about mothers of hell's angels? They're always dying. Why do we have to go to yeah. all these funerals? Crazy lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> the mothers. Um, typically at this point, guys, I would uh, tell you our previous winners, but this is actually a new shushy. We have never done this one before. It's a uh, funniest character. And when we talk about the shows that we watch, and I know that we're not talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm or Big Bang Theory or Chicago Fire or whatever comedies that you guys watch. When you guys go into these shows, are you expecting funny characters, or is this like the best of the poop? This is the be- anytime a show and CW is like the the most glaring of this. Anytime they're like, and here's our funny one. I'm like, God, they're just gonna talk a little quicker than everybody else mm-hmm. and say Terminator and Back to the Future like they're obscure movies and not the biggest fucking movies ever. <laughs> Those are their comedians. Yeah, you really got to lower like your definition of comedian. It's a lot of almost like physical bits. Like if they're just a little goofy, is that's going to be like who we have? That's our ki- comedian champion. Well, I have five nominees. Do you guys think that at least these five are funny, or would you bet on the fact that two or three of them are like, oh god, why are we watching these shows? <laughs> well, yeah, if we're only looking for comedy, why are we watching these shows? But yeah, I, I bet three. No, I'm going to reverse it. I bet three are funny, and I'll say three point five are funny. Okay, uh, I will tell you this: five nominees, three shows. Dang. Ah, okay. Here we go. Your first nominee is from "I Am Not Okay with This." It's Liam, the little brother of the main character, who likes to fucking smoke a bubble pipe when she brings a friend <laughs> over, who likes to think that uh, he is in charge of the kitchen and making dinner, and says whatever is in the kitchen is going to go into this pot. It's Liam, guys. Yeah, Liam is legit great. The advice he gives is wise and funny, and it's just funny for a seven-year-old to know to do this kind of bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sh- we're missing a father. I will be the father. <laughs> Give me my smoking jacket. <laughs> and he had a real, like, it was a late comedic performance for him. We didn't know this kid was funny until he took on that full role of father, and that's when this kid, like, I, if I was giving out the awards, he would get it solely for that moment. It's crazy because uh, the main character, do you guys remember her name? Sid? Sid is so bummed about her life, but uh, she's got her one friend who she's in love with, who's pretty funny, and Liam, who's pretty funny. She has a funny life, and then she has Stanley, who is the next nominee. Sid's life is super funny, man. Like she yeah. should she should recognize that. Stanley is was nominated for Best Sidekick because he was the one who wanted to like turn her into a superhero. But I will say, before you guys talk, he had the funniest moment of the entire season where he set up a pyramid, a pyramid of beer cans, and then (laughs) she left, and then he punched through it, and this was all at the bowling alley that he worked at, and then looked at the ground and said, ah, now I have to clean that up. Yeah. Yeah, he felt very, he didn't, he doesn't feel like a show's funny guy where the show doesn't laugh at him, 
but the audience is supposed to. He feels like he's funny in real world. Like he wear he has a certain fashion that he knows is offbeat. He says things he, to get under people's skin because he's not comfortable with them. And then moments like that, like he's funny even alone. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it isn't like even intentional. It's like a natural state to him. Like every time he would roll up in like in his car next to Sid and roll down that window incredibly slow, but still have his head up enough to like peek up over it. Like that's natural. <laughs> that's a natural talent right there. And at, if at any point that you thought that the show was making fun of him, like say the movie Napoleon Dynamite just made fun of its characters, then it would have Stanley and his dad. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be like, oh, this show is not making fun of him. This show is backing Stanley up. Your next nominee is somebody who, Mike, we have trashed for, I would say, like two solid years. And then for the last three years, could not talk more about. It's Nate Haywood, who went from worst, dumbest, Obviously handsome, but stupid character on Legends of Tomorrow to a fucking magnificent joke beast. It, it's that they really try to lean into like he's a historian with a PhD and is a reluctant hero. And so was never telling jokes. And then they're like, well, look at how he looks. How would he actually talk? And like, just let him bro up and bro out and probably got used to the actor and made Nate closer to who I imagined that actor to be like. Yeah, this one, I've only known him as this funny bro guy, but I did still get to experience the, like, fear. Because, again, you see him and you're like, oh, I don't know about this one. But then he's just, like, he's just, like, this naturally goofy, funny bro, and I appreciate that. He's kind of perfect because when there's bros around, he'll bro. But, like, sort of genuine, but sort of making fun of them. But when the (laughs) bros are not around, he is so emotional in a funny way. So, like, he's really coming at you from all ends. Yeah. The next one is also from Legends of Tomorrow. This is somebody who was kicked off the show and nobody knows why, and that's fucked up. I'm going to say budget. It's Brandon Routh. It's Ray Palmer. It's Nate Haywood's fucking person. It's his uh, significant other. Yeah, there are nickels in May. Like, this comedy duo will go down to history. I'm going to just put on a, a vinyl and listen to the two of them together. <laughs> They are, like, he's got, like, a precious, like, there's some, like, what, comedic characters where they're just, like, you want to, like, kind of protect them at all points, and that's this guy for me. I just need to, like, wrap him in a bubble and watch him tell jokes, but in a not weird way, of course. I, I think the difference for me, though, is that uh, they are writing Nate Haywood jokes, but Ray Palmer or Brandon Routh will just find a way to say the most, like, boring line in the most ridiculous, funny way, you know? Like, yeah. He, he just does it because he's such a nerd. He changes emphasis on syllables and it just like tweaks everything. Like he, I think more than anybody else, he really had a handle on who Ray was and could just make it. Everything is so fucking Ray with him. Do you think that's because that's who Brandon Routh is? Like, would you guys bet money that this is basically that guy? Yeah, I think as the show got better, they just let everybody stop acting and kind of be versions of themselves. <laughs> and like seeing Brandon Routh and not much, but like between seeing him in Superman Returns and this, I think he's way closer to Ray Palmer than he is to Clark Kent. Your final nominee, I think this is the first nominee from a show that used to be a powerhouse and is we just don't talk about it anymore. It's from Riverdale. It's Cheryl Blossom, who also has that thing of whatever line that I have, I'm going to say, I'm going to change it to be funny and then also say it in a ridiculous way. So it's like half Nate, half Ray. Cheryl Blossom, guys, like, does this piss you off that she's in the top five? And also, Mike, by the way, before you answer that, Deke is not nominated. Now I'm pissed. And I know who to blame. <laughs> who could this be, I wonder? You. <laughs> well, Talk I mean, about Cheryl, jackass. It super doesn't piss me off, because normally, like, she is this underdog comedian, I feel. Because normally, like we were saying, the comedian has to be this, like, joke character that we're, like intentionally supposed to laugh off they like write them just a little bit goofy but cheryl's just straight up like she's an asshole comedian like she is the bitchiest one and she will tear them down but in a funny way and you got to appreciate that yeah like she's so bougie but Mm -hmm. typically in this day and age if you say something bougie i will be like fuck you man Uh, you're going down i'm gonna fucking throw a molotov cocktail in your window (laughs) but cheryl has this thing we're like nah it's kind of funny you're not you're not old school as in, like, you think it's still the 90s. You think it's, like, the 1890s. That's how you yeah. talk, and I mm-hmm. think that's funny. Yeah, her and her tongue is not firmly in cheek, but almost there. Like, she gets that, but, like, how she knows power dynamics work, she's like, I can bulldoze anybody. I'm, I know I'm saying ridiculous things, but I'm wealthy enough and scary enough, nobody will fuck with me. Yeah. 
All right, so your nominees are Liam and Stanley from I Am Not Okay With This, Nate Haywood and Ray Palmer from Legends of Tomorrow, and Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale. And I don't have an envelope, guys. Do you want to fake like the, the noise? Crinkle, 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 crinkle. Rip. Your winner is Nate Haywood from Legends of Tomorrow. Nice. I did not expect that, but I think he fully deserves it. And especially, I think, anytime you arc and journey, and we, we know you used to be not as good. We, we love that human story. Gotta love that. Gotta appreciate the grind and the triumph. I'm, I'm happy with this. I am, too. Both the Legends of Tomorrow guys, uh, they say, hey, we know we're handsome, and we're going to play against that. And that's going to get mm-hmm. you a ton of points in the shishy ratings. That gets points, and I think it's the Dionysus episode of Legends, and then the season finale where he cannot wait to dance to Cisco. Those really shot Nate <laughs> up there. <laughs> that one, that Cisco scene, really holds a place in my heart. I love that so much. Um, how many, how many shushies do we think Legends is going to get? So we right now we're at, uh, I think Agents of Shield two and Legends two, mm-hmm. and Watchmen zero. I still That's think Watchmen will win the most, but. They will be second and third for sure. Yeah. They're having a real resurgence. Well, as always, you guys can come by, pick up your trophies at any time. We have them. We are constantly polishing them in the studio. You can grab them whenever. Contactlessly delivery, of course. Um, That is it for the bullpen, you guys. Coming up next, the main event. (laughs) On the first two episodes of season two of Doom Patrol, we're introduced to a new character, Dorothy, who's Niles' child. Dorothy, like Crazy Jane, has many friends in her head, but Dorothy's friends, crazy as shit. They're somehow still scary, even when they're tiny, which everyone still is, by the way, and no one is happy about it. In order to fix this and make everyone big again, Niles trades the essence keeping him alive for some magic, which means Daddy Doc is now dying. Downside to this is that he is the only one who can help keep Dorothy's scary as hell friends at bay. In episode two, the gang tries to get some continuinium, which is obviously a space material that can bend time and possibly help extend Niles' life. From the brain of a totally far-out, spaced-out, time-traveling madman named Dr. Time, who's totally into rollerblading. So, Taste Buds, I ask you, there's so much here. Where the hell do we begin? Uh, I want to begin by saying that uh, Doom Patrol Season 1 was a long time ago. Yeah. And they did not help us out. Cassie, did you watch Doom Patrol Season 1? I watched one episode, so I was in for a lot. Okay, so I would say that me and Mike were fucked. Like, I had no idea what was going on for a long time. And then if, Cassie, you're coming in, if this is your, like, first episode, because now it's on HBO Max and, you know, you have access... What the fuck is going on, guys? What the fuck is going on? There, there wasn't even a previously on to recap because, ha- yeah, having watched and loved the last season, I didn't remember they were small, why they were small. I guess Dr. Nobody and somebody else is stuck in a painting. I sort of uh, remember that Dorothy was there, but like that's sort of it. Uh, yeah, I think Dorothy, that was like the last frame they saved her. And yeah, let's start there then, because we could just scream who knows what's going on. Let's start with Dorothy. Who knows uh, what's so going on? We think... <laughs> Uh, she showed up at the end of last season. So she is Niles's daughter from the Yucatan lady he got with, uh-huh. uh, who also had control of the giant bear with antlers thing. So that's one of Dorothy's imaginary friends. But what? Did, why? Why does this show do this with time? Because Dorothy was in a freak show in the twenties when Niles found her, and she's still eleven. And then she's saying like, "Oh, don't worry." giant bear with antlers you haven't met the rest of my friends and i'm thinking that she's talking about the doom patrol mm-hmm. uh-huh. but instead she's at, she's talking about the other people in the head who are yeah. and the doom patrol is fucked up but the people in her head are way more fucked up than the doom patrol like doom patrol always has to fucking double down on everything they do <laughs> yeah this is the super doom patrol there's darling who has like a weird happy face mirror thing going on and she's dressed like a 1950s housewife. Motherfucker, if you think that Terrifying. it's scary to see a fucking giant bear moose with antlers, wait till you see a housewife with light face. Like that's insane. <laughs> and then there's a giant spider who talks like the normalest New Yorker you've ever heard. Hey, what up? You want a pizza slice? And he is not scary. Uh, and then there's the terrifying thing who's always like, make a wish. Uh, and we haven't seen yet, and hopefully never will. That's probably Alan Tudyk. You think it's Mr. Nobody in her head? Yeah, I'm going to throw that out there right now. I'm going to place bets on that. Did we? But yeah, did it we, was hard. 
It was a lot. Did I like so this one is kind of like a lot like a fever dream. Did I make up the part or did is this a real story with Dorothy that like all the people in her head are like remnants of the like past people that Niles slept with? Is that a real thing or did I grab that from nothing? I think you grabbed that from nothing. Okay, because that like made it, it way more That's fucked up. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it made it That's so pretty fucked awesome. up to watch. But because she has at least two of them before she meets Niall. She has the moose bear pig and she has the Make-A-Wish because that's what messes up the freak show. Mm-hmm. But how do you guys feel uh, about having this like this little kid with the group now? Because she obviously is like looking up to the, all the Doom Patrol, which are people who should not be looked up to. And like, and how th- how is this dynamic <laughs> working for you guys? And they prove that nonstop. No, yeah, like constantly. whenever they have a chance, they have like they take the chance to be like, "Fuck you, Dorothy, get away from me, you <laughs> stupid bitch." Yeah, all of them do not treat her very well, and she. There's a line that broke my heart because it's. I think after Jane or Cliff freak out on her, she says, "I know being a grown up is hard, and sometimes you have to tell, oh. you have to yell to get the bad feelings out. And you never, a little kid should never be justifying an adult's bad behavior. That's all she does. Not only justifying, but understanding how adults work far more than any adults do. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I've already figured this shit out, guys. Just so but understanding." Wh- what I do love is, so Cliff is always kind of anti, Jane goes back and forth, and not because Jane has different personalities, because now Jane Jane is always in control, but she sometimes relates to her, sometimes gets annoyed, Jane is just kind of an asshole, and I think this is great for Rita's character, because even though she also snaps at her instantly, she goes, and then like teaches her how to cook, and this yeah. is giving her such a, her, between that and Rita wanting to be a superhero, and being pretty bad at it, it's totally dimensionalizing her character. Yeah, I would say that like now that this show is affecting me a lot, where we have one part of the show um, just being very violent, so they can feel anything, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other part of the show uh, drugging out their other personalities so that they can feel anything. This has now become Rita's show because uh, she is the one who's like, "Oh fuck, I do want to be a superhero," you know, like I mm-hmm. I sort of do want to work for good, and now I think that we are going to transfer our lens. Not from, it's not going to Dorothy. It's going to Rita, and Dorothy, uh, yeah. Rita is the one who's going to like lead us through the season, become the heart of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially because Larry and Vic are on their own adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry the whole time because he's never small, and then Vic is with them and then leaves. But I really like his and Rita's friendship. Like he's trying to mentor her into being a superhero a little, but he's doing it like I get why, but a shitty mean way because he insults her till she can use her powers. And then you're like, why is he being a dick? And he's like, all right, now do it without me having to belittle you. Because right. I don't like doing that. <laughs> and then also after saying that, saying, oh, lesson's over. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Like, that was it. Practice is done. Is it just practice that over and over and over again, I guess? I guess. I don't know. But there is. So we have Larry. I do want to talk about Larry because he is the one who's big, which makes it where he is the one who is now the caretaker for them when they're all tiny. And like. I don't know, like, I don't have a friend who will make, like, if you guys turn tiny, I'm not making you tiny little pancakes. Like, this guy is so caring. Like, I'm just going to drop, like, a normal-sized pancake and let you guys feast on this. Like, I am not taking the time. <laughs> Eat it, you monsters. <laughs> just and he tries, to make, he tries to make normal-sized pancakes, but they're still too big because they're so small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that part. I, I think I have a thing for, like, anytime anybody is, like, miniature-sized, seeing how they work. Like, oh, they're using tiny little cheese wheels as uh, tires for their cars, you know, mm-hmm. I, or like matchsticks hold up the tent. I love watching that and watching them like try to have to go through, well, you know, this is our life now and we'll just figure out how to make sort of normal sized pancakes that I could do with forever. Yeah. yeah. And it, it like shows Larry is caring and attentive. Like he really tries. And it reminds me of those videos that blew up a few years ago with the hamsters that would eat little burritos. And oh I love thinking about that video all the time. Thank you, thank you for bringing that up because I didn't associate that. So thank you, I love that image. But it also like divides the team because there are uh, there's Larry who's like, "All right, this is fucked up. Let's get out of it." And then there's the other half who's just like, "This is fucked up, and I blame you, and I'm not gonna do shit. I'm gonna sit here and not do anything except punch rats square in the jaw as hard as I can." <laughs> and what, what what's so messed up about how angry they are? And I get that like. They're angry because they found out Chief not just helped all of them after their tragedies, but Mr. Glass style helped orchestrate all the tragedies to experiment on them. But uh, none of them are doing anything they didn't do. These are losers, man. They don't do shit when they're big. So they're doing the same thing and they're tiny, but now they're going to bitch about it. That's That's why. That's what I found interesting because, like, it was, you were talking about it earlier, how, like, um, 
like there is no for me jumping in right here there's like no redeeming factor to niles really or chief because like he like i got him like just like completely ruining these people's lives to test on him for like his own reasons but then also like they aren't doing anything about it they are just like they're like you know this was like they just yell at him whenever they want and they're like but i'm gonna go eat your food like downstairs real quick and i'm like what leave just leave that's the thing that that's the like this is like what what I realized watching these two episodes is that like this is X-Men number one over the course of a season and two episodes where Professor X is like, yeah, I did this. Sorry. And then they have to deal with that. But like they're not really doing it. Like they just scream at him every once in a while. And Rita is the one who's saying like, oh, maybe I can be a superhero. Yeah, but what they should do is just fucking murder that guy. Say you're a fucking piece of shit. But they can't. They can't do anything. And and so yeah, in episode two, they they get big, right? And it's because the chief gives his like stone that was keeping him alive, and everybody's now like dead set. Eventually, uh, that, like Cliff fights it for a while, but everybody's dead set to keep it. He's a hundred thirty nine. Just let him die. Mm-hmm. Just let him die. It's fine. And I get like, it's some people are like. Most people are saying because it'd be sad. The chief is like, I don't care. It's just because she will destroy the world if I'm not around. But like, figure out what the chief is good at. I guess he would locked her away for ninety years, so you can do that too. Just let yeah. he's he's old as hell. Let him die. He's, <laughs> he's old the, as hell. The and chief it wasn't is, a solution. The chief like is super good at like uh, first thought, best thought. Like, oh, he thought of a thing and ruined our lives forever. So like, I guess he's good at that. He could do that to other people. But his main thing is keeping Dorothy safe. Yeah. Uh keeping Dorothy safe and keeping other people safe from Dorothy. And so if he can, like, before he dies, entrust them to do that, that's fine. But I would, based on what I've seen, I would love to have Dorothy on my superhero team. Yeah, she's the most powerful of all of them. But with this, uh, finding out he's dying, uh, two great Rita moments and why she's going to be the soul of the show. Uh, when she finds it out, she's staring at him and says, his teeth are probably loosening as we speak. What a specific <laughs> thing to hone in on when you think somebody's dying. Because, yeah, the gray hair is true, but not gross. The fact that his teeth are wiggling their way out of his gums because he's getting older, that's horrifying. Yeah. And and then because she wants to be a superhero, her mission briefing by Rita Farr, she gives, like, it would be a PowerPoint, but she's old, so it's just, like, a 13-poster board presentation <laughs> on how they're going to go get Dr. Time with a Y. Because Can- why not? Because ah, why not? Can we talk about the thing that we talked about all last season? Cyborg, like the closest link to the DC universe, is still, to me, the worst plotline and actor. Like, I really do not think that we need, at this point, a connection to DC. And I want everything to be weird and fucked up. And this guy's like, no, but it can be normal. Here's how I work. Yeah, so in this episode, he is going to a group for PTSD I did like, and it sucks, like, everybody's a superhero, you'd think they would like him, but they're all pissed. They're like, this freak's here recording us. We're not fucking talking. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but that's where, like, the show gets jarring, because you go from moments where, like, Rita is drawing, like, a stick figure of Dr. Time with a clock face on it, and then you get to, like, over to him, and it's, like, these real issues where, like, that chick that he was, like, talking to at group, like, she kicks ass, because we went from, like, that to straight up talking about, like, the poverty draft and stuff, and I was like, this yeah. show is going everywhere right now. And yet, that character, in a good way, is Twitter come to life. And she's just like, hey, Cyborg, he deserves a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Can, can we just do this? And he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a half-robot policeman. And she's like, police suck, bro. Like, I don't know if that was intentional, but it worked hard. Yeah, yeah if, if they could replace him with her, like Honestly. blow her up, blow them both up and they fix her with his parts. Because uh, she said the lines better. Though, like, I do like giving him a little more to do. The way he delivered the line, you want to grab a bite and not talk about her moms, I found very endearing. Mm-hmm. What a good pickup line. <laughs> so if if we blow them up, then they separate and then they come together. So she is now half cyborg, half human, and he is now half him, half her. Yeah. That's Doom Patrol, That's baby. what I was going to say. It sounds like the right level of fucked up, which is I do want a quick question because, like, was the first season, like, am I in for it? Like, is this show always going to be this fucked up? Because I watched, like, a little baby rat get eaten in front of a child. So is this, this is the tone of the show? This is what I'm here for? Do you know what yeah. you're in for is that uh, that happens a lot of the time. Like, we always shit on, like, oh, you did something crazy. You know, like, Garth Ennis. Oh, wow, that's insane. With Preacher. With this, the rat 
just did a normal thing, and then the characters were like, I am fucking ruined forever. I just watched <laughs> that, and I'm going to stand here, and I will never recover from what the fuck I just watched. <laughs> and you know what, Cassie? Neither will I. Honestly. That was fucking insane. <laughs> that fucking mama rat, and they were trying to say, like, oh, this is how nature works. That mama rat ate the head off that uh, it was uh, it was a sour patch kid and I will never <laughs> I will never lose that image from my brain. Neither would Dorothy and she freaked out. Yeah, dude. So I thought we were do we never do we ever see the main bad, the one who like can like grant the wishes cuz when she we were at the carnival, mm-hmm. did we get a glimpse of it then when um like chief came to? Was that the monster or we have no idea who this one is? No, I don't think we've seen the Make-A-Wish monster in her head. This one gives me... Ryan thinks is Mr. Nobody. It gives me a lot of anxiety because they gave that stipulation of, like, you know, her dad is dying now. This thing can grant a wish, and it knows, like, this is the one thing she wants. So And everyone's screaming, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it, but obviously... Because it's monkey's paw. They just should explain monkey's paw to the girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, she has to, like, this is, for sure she's going to do it. And even she admitted it because the thing asked when, and she's, like, just, like, essentially, like, not tonight, but at some point, for sure... Well, like, she's gonna I'm do it when it. her dad dies, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Pierce Brosnan, senior Timothy Dalton. Timothy <laughs> Dalton dies. Some different James Bond. That's when she's gonna do it, and it's gonna fucking it's gonna be He's terrible. Gonna be a zombie, and then they're all zombies. Something bad's gonna happen. But yeah, like <laughs> it was confusing. Even I was confused, and I watched the whole first season. But like, I want to point out how fucking terrible I felt having seen movies like. Clockwork Orange and Requiem for a Dream. Uh, watching Dorothy and Jane watch that rat eat the head. The first, yeah. the first five minutes of the first mm-hmm. episode of watching Dorothy being wheeled out, and we don't see anything. We just know that that's how she's treated. That that was fucking horrifying. The, the, it yeah. was awful moments. This hilarious show is very good at being devastating. Yeah. Or is this devastating show very good at being funny? And no, uh, we get uh, Mr. Robot, Robot Man being like, hey, fuck you, or here's my robot middle finger, or the, actually, this was a good one. Uh, I did kill the rat, and he's like, hole filled, motherfuckers, and he walks around <laughs> with a rat coat. And those are fun, but like, fuck, man, like those, they're capable of five minutes of like ultimate destruction. Yes. Yes, 100%. So uh, I guess I just want to know, like, how are you guys excited for the second season? And, like, how does it seem to be stacking up to the first one? I'm not going to not watch it. I'm going to go all the way through. I think we'll be talking about it a lot on this show, but I am not excited. I am so <laughs> sad. It it does feel like they always knew the second season. So the first season was mostly funny every once in a while, punch you in the genitalia. And they're like, okay. We did the funny to get people hooked. Now we can ruin you week in, week out. Deal with the emotions, bitches. But we got to look like we're going to cover the third episode next week. And in the first two episodes, we did get like the time cop who looked like the original Mighty Ducks logo. Yes. uh, (laughs) That's all I can picture. Where everybody's like rollerblading and like that's sort of like what we get, you know, like that's the jokes. And that is so that is more like that is more reminiscent of the first season is like, yes, I jumped in at the wrong time because, yeah, if we're getting more <laughs> devastating, like I'm all in for rollerblading, dude, super into that. All this devastating, not my jam. But you guys, I, I'm going to stick with it, too, just because it's so intriguing to watch like all of this play out and to see them balance it all. So if you guys want to watch it, it is on the DCU or HBO Max. HBO Max. All right. You get it both ways. That is all the time we have for the bullpen coming up next. Or that's all for the main event coming up next. Another bullpen. For the bullpen, you guys, we promised it last week. We are finishing up the second half of Legends of the Superheroes Part 2. Ryan, what happened? On last week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we discussed an attempt to turn the Super Friends into a live-action show and how it ruined live-action superheroes for about a decade. This week, we are watching Part 2. While Part 1, called The Challenge, was basically a filmed version of a theme park stunt show, only somehow less funny, the second and final episode of this bullshit is called The Roast. Ed McMahon, sidekick to Johnny Carson and host of Star Search, is called in to MC a roast for all the superheroes. This is true. This is a true thing that happened that we watched. Not only do all of the villains, including that jet-skiing maniac Mordru, come back to roast the heroes, 
But we also get Hawkman's mom, Shazam's aunt, the Adam having to answer questions about how he fucks his wife, Giganta, and of course, <laughs> Ghetto Man. Taste buds, before we get to Ghetto Man, let's just get some overall thoughts. How did this compare to the challenge? Garbage. Worse. Trash. <laughs> the worst thing ever. I don't know how we got here. The whole time I hit play on it, saw it was a roast, and like had to like I had to Google. I spent like five minutes Googling to make sure this was the shit I had to watch. I was like, this could have been a thing that actually happened. And it did. Does it move the challenge up in your estimation? Yeah. The challenge is one of the best things I've watched in the last two weeks. Yeah, one hundred percent. Again, C do stunts. That yeah, the action wasn't great, but at least it was there and things moved. There wasn't too much doubt. This was let's get all these people who can't really tell jokes to sit. They sh- they definitely should have hired a comedy team. There's been historical roasts and superhero roasts at little like back comic book room shows of comedians that are fucking great. And it's annoying that they couldn't even do. They, they, real money and people went into this. It was it's unreal because like they called it a roast, but there was only like I feel like two people actually did a roast, and the rest of it was like nonsense, like almost plot lines. Like we got like Batman and Robin like wrecking wrecking the like car. Like there was like all these side plot stories, and like I didn't know why those were happening. And only like Hawkman's mom was the only like some somewhat somewhat good roast. All right, you know what? Let's start there. I sort of liked Hawkman's mom. I thought that her bird jokes were on point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he only comes home to eat the bird seed. Like that was those ones all hit. That was super funny. And you could tell that Hawkman's mom was a uh, like she was representing like people who find out that their sons are gay. You know, like she, now she's just telling gay jokes. But since they were all about bird seed and shit, I kind of liked it. It was the only time that I laughed in the entire hour. Uh, if we're doing that, the time we laughed. Uh, when Dr. Savannah hit somebody with a tuning fork and said, good muscle tone, I went, I understand that one, that's yeah. a joke. <laughs> I'm for this. All right, <laughs> that that's, was the one that got me. That's hanging out with me too much. That's why he <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, I was like, that's Ryan, and he has the weird ears you have. In that moment, uh, I did want to know if you were going to see yourself, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> the other part, too, was uh, where uh, Sinestro comes out to roast, but Green Lantern steps up. And then Snatcher just blows him away. Just like <laughs> yeah. shoots him with his ring. <laughs> He's like, nope, I'm still a villain. That was funny. But other than that, holy shit, guys. This is a, a clinic in the least funny things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, where was drunk Frank Gorsh as the Riddler? Because he could have messed some people up. Instead, we got the weather wizard who, instead of having punchlines to his bad setups, he would just make weather happen. Yeah. So they had to set up special effects for his dumb bullshit. And it lasted so long. Like, this episode was so long. And when he, like, blew, like, he just put all the weather at him, we had to watch him stand up for, like, five whole goddamn minutes. <laughs> I was like, how is this happening right now? How often did you guys, uh, like, pause or use the mouse or whatever that you did to see how much more you had left in this show? Like, this has the record, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, every, like, four minutes for me, like, on the dot. I was like, surely 30's gone by. And nope, we were still on one like quote unquote roast how did they get ed mcmahon to do this and i would say that like he was the worst part like let's let's hone in on his conversation with solomon grundy a uh a superhero show show favorite um where he just tries to say nice things but solomon grundy hits him in the shoulder as lightly as he can and then he has to fall to the ground were you guys worried about ed mcmahon's health or were you worried about how much well knowing he died like two years ago i was pretty sure 80 80, 85 whenever it was this yeah mcmahon would be fine yeah but you did that weird thing of like you went to google and you're like come on baby tell me ed mcmahon died in 1985 (laughs) because of solomon grundy the first actual (laughs) solomon grundy murder man it was so hard to watch that was one of those moments where, again, it was like this side like storyline, and I don't know why it was in there. Like it made no sense whatsoever. Like none of them connected. There was this theme of it's a yeah. roast, and then they were just like, "We don't have enough to do a roast. Let's throw everything at the wall. Let's do sketches in between that also aren't funny." Yeah, a it's true just, nightmare. It's such a case of like we have already given you your thirty thousand dollar check. Therefore, mm-hmm. you have to do what we tell you to do. And that's what the that was the attitude of everybody there. Yeah. Um but guys, there's somebody who protects everyone protects the white neighborhoods. But there's somebody who protects the black neighborhoods. And that is Ghetto Man. When you heard that word, were you 
like, how much did you cringe? And did this fulfill your entire cringe? I almost threw, I was watching it on the, like on my little tablet. I almost threw it across the room. I was like, I couldn't have been any more disappointed up to that point in this thing. And then they went and did that. Like that was like, was my breaking point. I was like, I can't, I don't want to go on from here. Yeah. So much butthole puckering. Yeah. <laughs> that like a neighbor might walk into my house at seven in the morning when I watch this and find out and think that means I approve of any of this. Honestly. So basically, the first black superhero flies in, and he tells uh, black jokes that were clearly written by white people, and Mm -hmm. the crowd goes wild the entire time. They were jokes like, do you guys remember any examples? No. I really don't. I I scrubbed my brain of it. Yeah. I I can't remember any of them, except for that he was like there for all the kids, essentially, at one of them. I do think he said something about Batman not being able to protect black neighborhoods because he drives the Batmobile in and his hubcaps would be gone in 30 seconds. Stuff classic. like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, very yeah. classic. Oh, God. It's just, it was such a bummer. But the, the biggest bummer of it is because these aren't good actors and they were laughing their asses off. I really do think it was the actors laughing at these real jokes they had never heard before just because it was white people suck, black people are different. And they were just like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did. He definitely got the most laughs, and yeah, I think it was because of pity. And then at the end, there were no sea dews, there were no jet skis, but we did get Mordrew as we, the the evil boss. Uh, instead of coming into roast, he he put his giant face on the back screen and sung a song about how much he loves entertainment. And guys, yeah. did Mordrew steal the show in two different episodes? <laughs> He was like, as soon as they left him for the end again, I got a little bit of excitement. I was like, bring it home, my boy. If there's anybody I can trust, it's you. And it wasn't CD stunts, but it was overly the top dramatic. And he just started blowing stuff up at the end. Like, you got to respect that. So he was my only little bit of hope in this. If he sang That's Entertainment while doing indoor CD flips and stuff, that would have been creme de la creme. (laughs) And if I could rewrite this, like, that is for sure one of the ones I would put in there. Is there any way that this could have been good? You know, like, we lo- I, we love superheroes and we love roasts. Is there... Yeah, because, like, uh, semi-professional and amateur comedians have done better versions of this in the last couple of years. Like, it's they just hired zero actual comedy writers. Yeah. Yeah. I've, and maybe 79 sucked. That's the actual year it was. So nothing was funny then. Uh, there were no comedians working back then, right? Right off the bat, Evan McMahon comes out and he's like, wow, these are the craziest costumes that I have seen since Alice Cooper's birthday party. Yeah. And right then, like, it's not funny, it's dated, and I know what I'm in for. Mm-hmm. Like, this sucks. This fucking sucks. Yeah, because uh, the specificity, like, really getting weird and deep with, like, Shazam and Huntress's backstories and stuff could have been hilarious. Though the, the weird, uh, they, they try to make every villain or every roaster have a different thing. Shazam's Aunt Minerva just wanted to fuck everybody. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, and the that. one that got me was like, I don't know if it was funny or cringe-inducing, and it was probably, she didn't mean it this way, but somebody popped off and she said, I like a man with spunk. Uh, that's a joke that's different these days and is gross. Do you know who Aunt Minerva was? No. That was Ruth Buzzy. Really? Yeah, who is a uh, classic roaster, but I, I mostly know from Wet Hot American Summer, every time Janine Garofalo... They laugh at her. She's like, I'm not joking around. I'm not Ruth Buzzy. That's, that's how I know her. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. If I said next week we're going to re-review one of these two episodes, we would pick the challenge, right? Like yeah, we would re-watch the challenge. Clearly. If, it would, if you guys picked this show, I would walk off right here and now. Like I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we watched it. You guys shouldn't watch it. It's a waste of time. Uh, we reviewed it for you. You're welcome, even though nobody asked for it. Uh, coming up next, we are going to talk about all the other shows we watched this week. Our first show starting off the pool list this week is Snowpiercer. This week on Snowpiercer, a thousand and one cars long. Strung out and hiding with the help from his allies, Leighton tells Josie the truth about Wilford. Meanwhile, an engineering emergency threatens every soul on Snowpiercer, leading Melanie to show her true talents. Taste buds, I ask you this. What would your job be in the post-apocalypse? Counting cars. <laughs> I think I clearly have that already. Yeah, 1,001. He's got it every time, so that role is already taken. I don't know who could count better than you guys. Well, I mean, you say 1,001, but shouldn't we, shouldn't we recount Double again? Double check. Yeah. For sure. 
And probably uh, I would just count the blue cars. Well, they're the only ones Why? that matter. They're the best ones. Isn't that a song? Counting. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Snowpiercer. <laughs> I would have the job. I would like to just be like the. Um, I would be a busker that would go from each train, just trying to like the one that nobody wants there, and they'll pay just to get rid of because I'm not talented. Like that would be. If is that a job in the economy? Just that. Yeah, that was covered when you said busker. <laughs> There's no busker who walks in and you're like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I'm so glad that I have to try to not read my book so this guy can scream a bad song in my face. <laughs> All right, Busker. Uh, uh, how about this? I want to design propaganda posters, but throw a little bit of me into them. So, like, there's parentheses of, like, follow the government, and then tiny parentheses, but don't. Not. <laughs> <laughs> J- JK. Uh, Mike, what about you? What role would you have? What role would I have? One, uh, well, car counting is mine, but uh, I guess i do like teacher it feels like a role in normal society is not believed in but in this kind of society people are like oh dear god we need you so bad <laughs> and uh i have no real skills but i could probably tell kids how to count to four you know <laughs> good do you know what i would do too is that like there's all these icicles everywhere because the the world is frozen and they're not that pretty so what i would do is like i would poke a little hole in them and put gold rings in there i would be the snow piercer oh, man how dare i can't believe I, let, I lo- can't believe i let him go there Oh, Mike. Okay, I just got to end it early now. You, we given up on it. <laughs> so, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah. Uh, so the tr- brakes are breaking in the back, and the whole thing might tumble because they're going to go over a bridge. And then the engineers, like one of them dies, who's trying to fix it, and Melanie's like, "Fuck this," and puts on a suit. And then she like turns to the guy she's been screwing and be like, "Well, I designed the goddamn train, didn't I?" <laughs> and then she goes down and like for once, so she fully admits not only has there never been a mills. Uh, Mr. Wilford, that she designed it. And then you see her, like, real-ass skill isn't just manipulating people. She engineers the shit out of something while hanging just from her knees outside in the frozen place. Uh, All of that worked for me. What did not work for me, an anti-moment of the week, is the beginning episode was narrated by the Cockney cock, who sucks, and then they dropped the narration, which I liked, but then why start with the narration at all? It was bananas. Oh, man. Did you say Cockney cock? Did you say the most British rooster (laughs) in the history of time? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you don't remember that character? It must have came after you stopped watching. Yeah, I don't. I don't know this one, but uh, do you think you're still giving it more? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, it just comes out before any other show we watch, so I'll probably keep watching. <laughs> That's so helpful. That's so good for that show. <laughs> you brave soul, Mike. If you want to join Mike in his journey, Snowpiercer's on Sundays on TNT. Our next show is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the gang jumps to 1971 and then, surprisingly, to 1976. Thanks to the Comicrons, Hydra S.H.I.E.L.D. has decided to launch Project Insight in the 70s instead of in Winter Soldier. So it's up to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to stop focusing on bell bottoms and rollerblades, which, when they focus on rollerblades, was was a good moment, and and stop Project Insight before it starts. Taste Buds, I ask you this. We dropped the shooting style of the era that we were in as we didn't have a 70s cop show like we had the Detective Noir that we were in last week. Were you bummed, or would that have gotten grading? It would have gotten grading because the 70s is a grading era. Uh, so many, like, uh, zoom-ins. Legends in. of superheroes. So many what? So many zoom-ins, like, if you're standing on a rooftop yeah. and then the camera just hits you. And they gave us the intro. They did a super 70s intro, and it was delightful, and I don't want a whole hour of that. Do you think that, as much as we love this show, that uh, at somewhere in the credits they should just say, Thanks to Legends of Tomorrow for all of this. Because they were like, here's how you actually do what you should do? Yeah. Probably. They probably deserve that shout out. All right. So your girl, Chloe Bennett, Daisy, Mm -hmm. Quake. Johnson. Johnson, whatever. Um, She Did she ruin the world? She used her powers real quick. And then a Malik kid saw that. Yeah. Is is that going to be like the, the turning point for this entire season? I think so. So the 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 Malik kid who was supposed to be dead, but didn't die. So now things are really getting more and more messed up every time they jump. Uh, he she like took him hostage, and Susa gets pissed. He's like, "Shield agents take hostages now," and she's like, "One, he should be dead, so he's not real," which is an interesting moral standpoint, mm-hmm. especially talking to a guy who should be dead and therefore isn't real. No, it, like the show is saying that like uh, all Karens almost died, and when you were about to die but didn't, you become more Karen than you ever were. 
Yeah, because he is a bumbling fucking <laughs> in the 71, and he comes back in 76 and is evil. Mm-hmm. So he should have died because he's like, I'm going to cut her heart open and take her quake powers. Do you know what? I think dudes look a lot at like the muscles that they have, and when those go away, they look at uh, where the gray hair parts are. And if your mm-hmm. gray hair parts are like right on the temples... Or like, if you're doing salt and pepper well, you're like, I can tell anybody anything I want, and I yes. I, I will just scream at them. All right, Mike, you ready for this quiz? Yes. Mike, we have a uh, we have a bunch of computer screens that give us a lot of characters, and I want to know if you know when they come up in the MCU. Daisy and what's his name? Deke. No. Nope. Susa. Susa. They go into the downstairs of the Hydra, and we get a lot of computer screens. So tell me when they came up in the MCU. Your first one is Conrad Murphy. I don't know who that is. Okay, he's the father of Sandra Murphy, and he gave her the mace. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner is the Hulk. Well, he becomes the Hulk. He's not the Hulk then, but he will later become the Hulk. Victoria Hand? Victoria Hand uh, is a bad guy early on in S.H.I.E.L.D. She was like uh, Paxton's number two. Yeah, season one, uh, sort of like the uh, opposite of uh, the sword lady. Uh, Nicole Andamar. Nope. She is potentially the mother of Akila Amador, who is from season one. She's the one who lost her eye. Michael Phillips? Uh, he won at least eight golds. He's very good at swimming, but he smokes pot and it made people feel weird. Nope, that character appeared one time in Punisher War Journal number 52. Uh, Jim Barita. Jim Morita. Oh, he is the principal at Spider Man School. That is correct. <laughs> uh, actually, it's not. Uh, his grandson was principal. He was a member of the Howling Commandos. Uh, Roberto Gonzalez. Uh, I don't know. That is Edward James Olmos's character from okay. the Real Shield in season two, and then Isabel Hartley. Isabel Hartley. That sounds familiar, but I don't know. That is Lucy Lawless from season two. That's the oh, Absorbing Man, man era. They you did bad. Deep. I did do bad. <laughs> I got Victoria Hand. You, you did get that one. No, Wait. that Jim Marita one, that was a pull. That was a fucking good pull. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're, 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 how did you like Maze evolving that now like she gets drunk because she's around drunk people when they're trying to infiltrate and learn things? Did you, Do you think uh, the actress is pulling all these different emotions and going through it well? Oh, for sure. Like, she is one of the best, one of the most talented performers on the thing. So, yeah, definitely. I just, uh, it just, it reminds me that, like, I miss uh, Fitz and, like, right. Yo-Yo and all of these people. I want everyone to get back to normal so we can yeah. finish up the series. Did you, how did you like the Avengers reference when Deke shoots Malik after Malik is doing a monologue saying, there's no way you're going to kill me? Uh, they see you coming, and Deke shoots him and say, did you see that coming? All right, so do you have different weird ways of asking what was your moment of the week? I, like, I guess uh, what's your moment of the week? Like a great moment. <laughs> no, we do- we definitely talked about it last week where uh, Deke and Yo-Yo were about to do bad things, and then in this episode, Deke and Yo-Yo did, but it was Deke, and Yo-Yo was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, Why would you do that? Deke so, wants to both be smart and then also the hero at the same time and he's just so dumb he's just so yeah, dumb you can't be either he couldn't even things. get nominated for funniest character <laughs> uh and my moment of the week is uh susa is like daisy's trying to hack with her computer he's like do you need a bigger one it looks a little small <laughs> and she just stops in the middle of a like time sensitive mission stops hacking to show him her his her phone and how delighted she is to show off the technology <laughs> and blow his mind is awesome okay and that other one was not my moment of the week my moment of the week was the intro for sure which was full 70s where they said it like it showed all the uh, characters, and then would say like literally Chloe, Chloe Bennett as this person, and that was fucking yeah. nuts. But they saved it for Deke. I don't know what his real name is, but he did the Jeff, cha- Ward. Jeff Ward as Deke, and he did the chair turnaround and yeah. smile into the camera. That is my moment of the week. <laughs> a smile on the camera is always going to be a great moment. Uh, Agents of Shield is on Wednesdays on ABC. Our final show of the week is Star Girl. 
On this week's Stargirl, we see the little JSA go on their first mission as they try to take down, take down the gambler, but it goes terribly due to lack of training, leadership, planning, and the fact that they're kids. Pat saves the day and backs him up in their mech suit, getting him the most respect he's ever had in his life. There's no doubt that the JSA is back now, though, and the Injustice League is determined to find out who they are. Taste friends, I ask you, as far as first missions go, how do you feel, how do you rank little tiny junior JSAs? I mean, they did okay, but they had literally no training. Like, there was no montage. <laughs> yeah. I've never they seen like, a show just throw them into it. Like, they were literally, like, there's never been a team who, like, at no point, no training. They're just like, okay, I see a bad guy. Let's do this. It's one montage. And, like, they were like, oh, well, we have these powers. That's fine. But then they run into villains that they didn't think were going to be there who have had multiple montages. Like, 20 Decades years training. of training. Like, you fucking morons. And they're the bruisers. They are... Tigress and Sportsmaster, who are the overbearing sports parents of Artemis. Uh, I love these two characters. I <laughs> They totally get what this show is. I do, too. Yeah, like, uh, the dad sort of bothered me for a long time, but yeah. once he puts that fucking Jason, Jason mask Jones. on. Yeah, like, he's just Casey Jones, and he puts that mask on. But they're fucking so, they, like, the way that, they, like, they can taste evil on their tongue, they're just like, mm. I love it. Let's be evil to kids. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So this is the gym owner, right? Yes. Yeah. So the gym owner, and then we find out she's like the PE coach, but they watch all of the football practices, and if a coach is mean to their daughter, they kill him. They so kill this is the him. third coach. <laughs> yeah, we find uh, out it's like the, the third coach. And they have like the one the principal has to keep like replacing them. So that's when we first saw them. And I like at this point when they were just like those type of parents, this is when I was annoyed with them. But as soon as they become their like villain like characters of like Sportsmaster, that's when I was all in. Because the dude's out there just like he's got a bomb that's just like a hockey puck. He's got all these like gear that is just sports themed and his name is Sportsmaster. I have never been more on board. <laughs> I thought it was Sports Center. It's not Sports Center. Uh, I also love too how like they uh they are villainous in that way that like they have to get the job done, but also Vogue might yeah. be doing cover shots. So they're always just like at the right second, like posing together yeah. as if we might make the cover of villain Vogue. It's true love. They fight better than any duo we've seen on any of our shows. And like, I, they're I, always knowing where to throw the other one. When they're sitting in the stands, they're like, All right, hun. All right, hun. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down, hun. But when they're villainizing, they're like, Yeah, here's how we do. This is our marriage, and they're great at it. <laughs> well, it's because uh, it's date night, so this is them fucking. That's what that represents, is they're finally getting along because they're having sex and they haven't been allowed to. Their boss told them they couldn't have sex for years. And so his reaction when Icicle is like, You guys get to go out tonight, he goes, All right, bud. All right. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> it's so fucking great. It's just like uh, when you go to a bar 12 years after high school and you meet the person who is exactly like he was in high school, that's what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. bud, let's do it. I'll fucking hit some baseballs. Cool. Uh, so we did, like, those were two the two unplanned villains that they got to go, um, that they weren't ready to go up against. And the main reason, so we knew that, what is his name, Ricky, the new hour man? I believe his name is Ricky. So they got rushed into this because this kid is like at no point down for like anything. He is not down for Courtney being a leader. So like how is this dynamic? It's like it's so frustrating to see, but we knew it would come. And I just want to know how how are you guys feeling about it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, just this episode on its own as opposed to the series as a whole. But I'm really fucking tired of Ricky and Yolanda shit. Like Court is the fucking leader and you should fucking listen to her and shut the fuck up. But... Yolanda's makes more sense to me. Ricky, like, get him the fuck off the team then. Take that yeah. fucking time glass off his neck and get him off the team. He doesn't belong on the team, but it does. I love that, like, Courtney's had a day of training. Yolanda's had half a day. So Court thinks she's in charge, and everybody else is annoyed that Courtney is lording it over them because they know she's not any better of a superhero. She just has the best weapon. So they're right that way, but they're wrong because they win her over to go superhero fight because they're like, well, if Pat said give you the staff back, would she do that? And then she's like, I guess I got to do this thing I think we shouldn't do. It's so true to teenagers, so they're annoying, but I fucking love it. Yeah. They're annoying, but, like, Rick, truly, truly useless. Like, in that fight all around, (laughs) just a useless, like, a useless sack of a human being. Like, he just kept running in to get his ass kicked. Like, that was his role, was just to get his ass kicked. And I was like, I I don't need this dude at all. Well, he's such a dude. He's like... Oh, did you uh, accomplish your goal? Take the necklace off me. Tell me why I'm stupid. Oh, yeah? I'll punch a hole in the wall. 
Good job, Rick. You did it. You did it again. Oh, man. While we're talking about pieces of shit, <laughs> there's a real small part. But Mike in this, the little brother, was at a science fair that he submitted just a candy volcano to. And we had to like, were we supposed to feel bad for this little dumb kid? Dude, I like. I, I know that Cassie, like, this is a show. This is a podcast where we uh, only shit on Bodie from Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. But this kid is awful. And the more screen time he gets, the worse he is. He's fucking terrible. I want him to die of diabetes as soon as possible. And he will, the way he eats. I do think that the, this plot they're trying to give him, he's not only annoying to his family, that he told them not to come, but he wanted them to come. Because when Barbara, who's a great stepmom, these are great parents, you guys. Oh, no. Uh, parents are awesome. Kids are terrible. Yes. But well, Barbara still shows up. He is happy. And I think it's trying to show, like, his thing visually looks dumb, but he did figure out how to make chocolate. It's not like baking soda and stuff. Like, I think it's trying to show he's good at stuff. He just doesn't want to seem like he's good at stuff. But you didn't change science. You just changed one of the things in the most classic, boring, stupid uh, science projects of all time to chocolate, and you made it come out, and then now marshmallow-headed people are dying, and you're, like, laughing, and all you want is a mom, and instead of not having a mom, all you do is fill your mouth with Pop-Tarts and chocolate syrup, (laughs) you fucking piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He's a yes. Shut up. (laughs) See why. I see why now. But you guys- I'm always the Barbara, right? Yeah, yeah, you're always the barber. Yeah, kid, keep your head up. You're doing great. There is, um, so in this episode, we got disappointed, Pat. Like, this is the first time we've seen him, like, just straight up play yes. the disappointed dad role. And it hit me, like, I would not be able to go up against disappointed Pat. Like, that is his ultimate superpower. When when he finds out that Courtney stole all those uh, things, hit the line he says, the stepdad guilt is, I know you didn't, you don't think much of me, Courtney, but I thought it was more than this. Yeah. And then she's just like, oh, <laughs> puddles. That's such a crazy line. Like, I know you thought I was a piece of shit, but not this big of a piece of shit. I liked how Pat was like, let's let Courtney talk and make her realize that she's talking shit on herself, not just the team that she has formed. And Pat mm-hmm. sits there and watches like, oh, my God, Court, is this hard? Whatever. That, I think, is going to be important. That's going to, like, let her in or let Pat into being the leader. But yes. I don't think it's enough. I don't, like... Pat should have ripped the tools away from all of these children immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Pat is a little sad and pathetic, and the kids are like, oh, man, you made that robot? Maybe we'll listen to you now. And that's all Pat needs in life is somebody saying, maybe we'll listen to you, Stripesy. And to just kind of think that his creation is cool. Like, this is all this, is all this man needs 100%. Um, you guys, do you have a moment of the week? We'll start with Ryan. Yeah, my moment of the week is uh, I... Was not a fan of the guy who ran the gym, or mm-hmm. was a dad of her uh, of his quarterback daughter. But man, once he put that mask on, I was super in. And when he was, he looked at uh, our man and was like, "Hey, he looked at that car. Good for you, I guess." And <laughs> his attitude of like, "I don't give a shit, bro. Like, you have nothing compared to my fucking baseballs and hockey pucks. I love that. <laughs> I love that attitude." Is so good. Mike, what about you? Moment of the week? Uh, yeah, I got two, because why not? Tigress and Sportsmaster running down the hall and swinging each other into the other side of the hall so they could run on the walls uh-huh. at each other was one of the visually coolest things the show has done so far. And then the thing Ryan alluded to, Pat, uh, when Courtney's saying, one Courtney says, thank God you showed up. And then he's like, oh, you were trying to help them? And what you said went one in here and out the other? Mm-hmm. And just like such perfect dad sarcasm. And that, like, bonding moment between the two of them, like, that was, like, you could see, like, a true connection. I loved, that was, a, like, an actually, like, really good moment of the show. I love that. And uh, I actually, I have some, uh, like, two other ones, too, going off of one of Ryan's. Um, Sportsmaster also has the little birdie that you use when you play badminton. And that one, oh, yeah, he throws it up at the end, and it's just a smoke bomb. And that's how they <laughs> leave. Like, that is amazing. That- I am the venom dark side of this universe, and I will bring out... Bernie, <laughs> I love that throw is awesome. And you were that is the like, weakest he, sports thing you can have. The weakest one, and you, he like already threw a bomb. So I was like, is this another bomb? No, smoke bomb, even better. So he could be dramatic when he leaves. But uh, my other moment of the week is when the gambler was going in to like start his like hacking mission or whatever. They put he put on Timber by Kesha. Yeah, and this show makes some choices, and I will always respect their music ones. That was my other moment of the week. Do you guys think that we're on the pace for having the this will be the best season of a CW superhero show of all time. Yes. Yeah. 
even yeah, over Arrow just, for season of Flash, Legends tomorrow. Like, do you think this is it? Yeah, I think so. For like soup to nuts, like beginning to end, n- there's not going to be saggy because I think it's a shorter season than those, and it's just it came out of the gate knowing its tone, where everybody else sort of stumbled to figure it out. It feels so practiced. It feels like oh, we know what other people do bad. Let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great show. You should be watching it. You can watch it Mondays on the DCU or Tuesdays on the CW. And that was our last show. That was all for today, you guys. So now all just the really good wrap-up stuff. Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Europopfilter.com is where everything we make lives. And then you can go to patreon.com slash Europopfilter where even more stuff we make lives for a fee. (laughs) Of course, a fee. And Ryan, can you tell us about some other shows? Yes, of course. Uh, if you like to talk about, if you like to listen to shows about TV, but like you're always like, but they're not movies, then I would da- uh, download, subscribe, rate, and review Movie of the Year. If you're like, uh, I like to listen to shows about TV, but why are they always talking about TV? You talk about nothing like TV. Then I would subscribe to uh, Unnatural 20s, where you will get some of that, but not a lot, I guess. Inside, inside a little bit, just a little bit. And... Mike, how can the people rate the Superhero Show Show? Oh, thank you for asking. That is at ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. And that helps us out a lot. Thank you. Also, just tell a friend. Just oh, like yeah. do real like word to mouth. Text a friend. Say, listen to the Superhero Show Show. Get on the ground. Do the work. Just viciously spread it to all your friends. Like make sure. Viciously. Don't, don't leave until they have downloaded this podcast. Don't walk away from directly in front of them until they have hit subscribe. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, don't be Ryan- a. Uh- <laughs> yeah, don't be an ex chicken. <laughs> he was waiting so long for that. Oh, I'm so going to give it to you, Ryan. Can you tell us about social media? Yes, uh, social media is super cool. If you go to Instagram and you follow us at Your Pop Filter, or that's it. That's right? it. T- Twitter. Oh, and uh, I'm so sorry. Twitter. We have uh, follow us at Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh. that's ours. That we got it before they could. <laughs> and we're not giving it up. So, um, or if you don't, if you don't hit us there, follow us at Your Pop Filter on either Twitter or Instagram. It's yeah. where you can find us. Mike, can you tell the people how they can get in contact us in email form? Contact. Yeah, xchicken at yourpopfilter.com is our new one. Or <laughs> if you don't like that, contact at yourpopfilter.com. And uh, did you watch Legends of Superheroes and want to know us what you thought? Email us. Please don't do that to yourself. Please don't. Just don't do it, you guys. Honestly, it's, it's a bad time. Well, next week we do have better things going on. And it's going to be real exciting. Next week we are going to see if Warrior Nun is a real show based on a real comic, and who's going to get the shushy for best villain, villain, and will Doom Patrol settle down and not be horrifying and depressing the entire time? Only time will tell, and we will figure that out next week. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I am Mike. And for me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.